Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to the Coming of Cage podcast, your Nicolas Cage movie review podcast, home of the Wheel of Cage, Cage meter and Cage Bingo. This is episode 44 of the show, and we're talking Nicolas Cage's 2019 ex-assassin drama, Kill Chain. With such characters as The Old Sniper, The Very Bad Woman, The Curious Assassin, and more. Thanks for joining us. Let's hit it. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Coming of Cage podcast, your Nicolas Cage movie review podcast. I am one of your two hosts, Derek, and I've got your other host, Ryan, right here. Hello, Ryan. Right right here. Yes, we are both right here. I mean, from a, cage. from a digital sense, you're right. You're right there. That's true. You're in our Costa Rican offices, whereas I'm in Kansas City on the precipice of a snowy, snowy evening. Is it supposed to snow tonight? Yeah, oh, I didn't know that. OK, well, what are you going to do? Um, yeah, we so we are the Coming of Cage podcast. This is episode 44 of the show. We are talking about the 2019 film Kill Chain starring Nicholas cage um and a few other people uh enrico colantino tony no colantoni colantoni right enrico colantoni that's right yeah i apologize enrico no no offense intended i didn't do my homework i apologize he's actually a big fan of yours too and he can't even pronounce your name it's i know well he was mathazar in galaxy quest that's what i'm saying one of my favorite movies of all time but you've seen him in other stuff just shoot me just shoot me, Veronica Mars, uh, you know, a bunch of movies. He's been in a ton of stuff, um, but I, I know him best as Mathazar. Um, Annabelle Acosta is kind of like the co-star of the movie, if there is one. Um, so that's, you know, what are you going to do? An argument could be that maybe she is like the main character of the movie. So, I mean, I guess we'll get into that. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, we'll get into that. Uh, written and directed by Ken Sanzil. It's about, quote, three strangers' lives are inevitably entangled in a conflict none of them are prepared for. Um, I think I know the three strangers that this is referring to, but there's more than three characters in this movie, so I could be wrong. And one of them is arguably more prepared than anyone else, so, I mean, 
Yeah, one one. That's the thing. I'm worried that one of these three is extremely prepared. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and was like begging for this to happen, but <laughs> yeah. But that's that's the movie. Uh, Ryan, do you want to kind of tell people what we do here? Uh, we do a podcast where we talk about Nicolas Cage. Whew. We do. Yeah. You want to go into some detail about how we go about it, or yeah, I usually take notes throughout the movie, uh, and then we discuss those notes kind of in a. Derek likes to argue that that we're not doing them chronologically, but I literally write them down as I'm watching the movie, so they have to be chronological. So, look, sometimes your notes are a little vague, and I don't that's know true. which scene that part we're I will agree about. with. <laughs> sometimes there's two scenes that, if you just wrote down the descriptions, they would sound basically the same. <laughs> exactly yeah, right. So, I, in my head, I jump to the the second ver second scene, and right. I get you know that's all. In this movie, I had seen before, right. I suspected when I saw the poster or when, we, when it came up on the wheel that I had seen it before because there was one day that I was really bored. And I was watching or I was on Hulu and I was just like looking through and I was like, oh, a Nick Cage movie, a new one, because this was several years ago. Uh, and I, and oh, I should watch that. And then I was just horribly disappointed that he's only in like 30 minutes of the movie. <laughs> I know, because, like, so, A, he's top billing. Like, his name is almost as big as the title on the poster. And he's yeah. the only person on the poster. Right. The only person, the only name. He has and top billing. Probably the third least, or the third amount of screen time. <sighs> I mean, definitely not the most. Right. In this action thriller that takes place in Colombia. Fun fact, he filmed two movies in Colombia that year two for one deal that's the that only was, fun that, fact i have for the whole movie <laughs> really really fun fact too that, I mean, uh, it was a stretch it's all i got that's, that's a pretty only... big stretch yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the movie starts off with a formula and I, maybe you recognize this formula derek street shot shaky cam street shot overview of street shot then repeat that back from the beginning. And it does that about seven times <laughs> through the opening credits. It does. I hate it. I hate it so it much. It was so bad. One of the worst openings uh, of any of the movies we watched. I mean, just really, you could tell they thought they were being artistic too, which made it worse. But I mean, certainly like those, you know, those aerial shots are supposed to look nice. You know, and they're the best part. They do of the look intro. nice. I mean, every, the, the, all the shots look nice, but it's just. Like you can do that each of those once, yeah, and then move on to something else. But doing the same thing over and over again, and we get that same thing later in the movie too. <laughs> and like I, I don't like shaky cam like ever, right? Yeah. I'm not a big. I don't like found footage films or anything like that. I just don't. I find it distracting at best and at worst disorienting. Um, action scene. Well, like, if it's a choreographed thing, it's that's a little. I guess it depends on the quality of. <laughs> the choreography and the cinematography but um when it's just like it's shaky because someone's just holding the camera in the shot you know like that's not i don't like that well after however many years we've been doing podcasts together you know that uh my firm belief is that shaky cam and action scenes is just used to hide bad choreography so i mean 90 percent of the time yeah i think that that's fair but like in here right like you know it, you when the intro is like quote over and they're following these guys out of the car, it's still like somebody holding a camera. Yeah. You know, and it's, but this movie had a budget of three and a half million dollars. Like get a steady cam or something like, just like help me out here. I'm going to bet most of that went to Nick. 
a million of it went to Nick. I get like he made a million. That's usually what he makes on these movies, and then they had two and a half for everything else. That's a third of the movie's budget, basically. So, yeah. mm-hmm. um, okay. So then we see these, we see this blue car, and these two guys get out of it. And th- because of the intro, where it's just showing a bunch of city streets, you can kind of get the vibe that this is maybe like a Central or South American country. Um, that's that's about all you can glean from that. But then the first people that we see it see get out of the car don't appear to be people from that region no and they're also like this is not a like super high-end like rich person area this is like a pretty normal like business district you know like it's not my point is that these guys get out in like really nice suits they stand out and the car is clean yeah i put for my note two totally normal non-suspicious guys (laughs) because they like get out of the car and they like do full 360s of like looking at everything around them and then they like take a second to adjust their jackets and make sure that their guns like stay underneath the jackets you know they do all these totally normal non-suspicious things uh in the middle of the night walking into a little hole in the wall hotel or motel or whatever um that's a hotel yeah okay fair enough uh truthfully i don't know the difference between a hotel and a motel so Oh, well, for me, a motel has the doors on the outside, right? So, like, you enter your room from the outside world. And a hotel, there's an interior where your doors are. Is that what the English language defined the difference as those? I thought it was. It's been a while That's since I've looked. But that that is my I definition. had no idea. But that, I mean, yeah. that works. Um, so, yeah, they, these guys walk into this, you know, this, this hotel. And we get our first glimpse of the cage with rocking a nice tidy beard and some interesting hair you like his glasses. hair actually i don't think he had glasses on at this point um no his hair was just a little weird in this one i think he looked good it was just a weird haircut yeah i thought he i thought he looked good in this uh he looks good almost all the time so well there's movies where they purposely are trying to make him not That's look true. so good you know like uh yeah. adaptation for example <laughs> Yeah, you know. that's true. Um, so he's helping these guys, and these guys are like, they're already behind the counter, and he's coming out from upstairs, and so they've already found like his shotgun behind the counter, and these guys are suspicious of him. They seem to know something about him that the audience doesn't know because they know he's carrying another gun, and they have this uh, conversation, um, and then it it cuts to a half naked bloody woman with a gun overlooking mm-hmm. the conversation and yeah. that's our introdu- introduction to uh annabelle annabelle acosta's character um and it just shows her a couple times we don't really get any context um in clearly something's shot. gone down but clearly something has happened yeah and uh you know nick is having a conversation these guys are there to kill him it's pretty clear but he says he wants to tell him a story and then one of the guys is like no just kill him and then the other he's like it tells the other guy oh you're gonna want to hear this story and the guy's like, sure, let's hear this story. And then it like <laughs> flashes back. It's going to be one of those movies. Now, I got to ask, because I don't remember this. Did it tell us how far back it flashed? No. Okay. Not that I, I didn't think so. Either. I didn't think so, but I just wanted to double check on that. Oh, okay. So also I missed the part where when Nick Cage is grabbing his beer and like walking over to the table, he pats the head of a dead guy on a table. Well, he's pretending he's alive. I guess. Yeah, it was just weird. Like, it's clear to the audience that he's dead. 
but, but not not our visitors not our visitors um and then we get like the uh 90s uh sitcom cre- like opening credits <laughs> where it's it's just like a bunch of random action shots of the people in the movie mm. or like up close shots of bullets and guns you know that kind of thing it is really weird, though. You had to tell me that wasn't weird. That you know, ten minutes into the movie, there's this weird second intro. It felt more of like a TV show intro where you would yeah, introduce exactly. the cast each week. Yeah, that's why I said sitcom because it yeah, was like, yeah. It, it, but that's the thing; like, it doesn't feel like a movie intro. Yeah, it was very, it was very, weird. It was very odd. Um, a lot of his movies, I've noticed, especially the lower end ones, seem to like start multiple times. Because usually there's a lot of production companies involved in these. That's uh, true. And, like, there's usually like the money. six companies right at the beginning. You get before the movie even starts, it's five minutes of logos. Mm-hmm. This was another Saturn production, by the way. Yeah, I, I gotta look into this. Is that his own company? I should have looked into this at this point, I, but I, I don't know. I've never heard anything about him owning a production company, but maybe. I mean, at this point, Saturn has done like a third of these. Movies. They're just big fans. <laughs> big fans. Yeah. Same. Same. So. Uh, after this stylized credits, the second opening credits of the movie, um, we get introduced to Enrico's character, who is only credited as the old sniper. And I mean, to be fair, he doesn't look that old to me. Like in his 50s, maybe. Maybe yeah. 50s, 60s? I, don't, I know. don't know. I mean, I guess, let's see. He was born in 63. So, you know, he would have been like 60-ish. It's not that old. Not old enough that yeah. I would title the guy Old Sniper. But I guess compared to everybody else in the movie. I mean, Nick Cage wasn't wasn't a spring chicken in this movie either. He was like 10 years younger. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, we get introduced to this character who is uh, calling his daughter. Or no, he's calling a guy we don't see. Um, presumably a handler or something. Um, and, and he asks him about, about rice cookers. Because he's thinking of getting one. Mm-hmm. A travel and, one. Yeah, this these phone calls are just kind of meant to give us more backstory on this character, essentially, and what's going on. Um, which was kind of a clever way of doing it, I guess. Um, this is something else about this movie. There's basically like four sets in the whole movie. You get like a 30-minute scene with the, or 25-minute scene or whatever with this old sniper character. Mm-hmm which is all in one room. Then you get the hotel. Right. That Nick Cage is at. What other sets are there? The, the SUV. <laughs> okay, yeah, the SUV. I mean, yeah. there's so they they do there's a couple small scenes in other places, but for the most part this movie takes place in like these two sets. Yeah. It's, it, it was interesting to me. That's how they saved money, I'm guessing. Oh, sure. Um, Especially because it's just all practical sets. Like, this was not yeah, shot in a the studio anywhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, so then he talks to this guy, and he's talking. he talks a little bit about whatever job and he, he that he's going to be doing here. Uh, hangs up with that guy, and then he calls his daughter, and he asks his daughter what she thinks about rice cookers. And while he's talking to his daughter, he's assembling a gun, like a big sniper rifle. Mm-hmm. And... Um, He's you. I did find it. uh, uh, The actor did a good job with this scene of trying to like be quiet with the assembly of the gun while you know whenever he was talking, so she wouldn't hear it. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting uh, way to do it. It definitely made that character more believable. 
as someone who does this. You know, he's trying to hide this from his daughter. He's trying to still be a good dad or whatever. I bought that for sure. Like, I yeah. thought he did a really solid job of selling the character to me. Yeah, agreed. He was he was really good. Um, but yeah, so we get we get this long scene, and like I said, it's all in this one room. Uh, and he so he's got the sniper rifle built uh, and he's talking to his daughter, but he's looking out. He knocks some of the blinds off the windows and is looking out the windows at this car, which is the blue car we saw earlier out in the street. And then he's looking around on other rooftops and he sees another sniper up on a rooftop. And so he backs out, backs away. And uh, he isn't sure, I think, at this point, if the sniper saw him or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he calls one of the hookers up that's now in the street because this is where there's two hookers that are hanging out right outside on this corner of the whole movie i have a bit of a problem with this so he knows that there's a sniper across the street he goes out on his balcony on the other, other side of the corner because this place is like basically on a corner to go talk to these prostitutes why doesn't the sniper just take him out then well he sees the sniper pull away as soon as as soon as we aren't sure if that's because he spotted him or what. I felt more like that that he was going out there to test and see if that sniper was after him. Or I, but I don't know. It's it's a fair question no. um, because then he calls one of the prostitutes up to his room, and uh, he tells her to. He throws. He's sitting on a couch away from the windows, and she like gets down like she's gonna do something for him, and he throws some money onto the couch and says, "Go stand in that window over there." And then he starts asking her questions about what she sees, including that blue car. And she says, the blue car has gone. And she says, he, he says, take your top off. Mm-hmm. So then we got nudity, which is a, was on the bingo card. Yep. Um, And so she takes her top off and then goes to the window again. And then he gives her more money and says, go surprise my friend that's on this other rooftop. Cause I guess he recognized the other sniper. Well, he recognized the gun, it turns out. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah, because he yeah, says, I, I recognize that. something. Hugh Green, whatever, yeah. Yeah. And so he sends the girl over to that rooftop and, uh, you know, to give to surprise him. And he says he'll give her the rest of the money after after the job is done. Um, And so she goes over there and he takes her hostage, essentially, and calls the guy. and he cuts her neck it cuts her throat yeah which was dark as hell um it's it kind of makes you yeah. it kind of makes you go you know this old sniper guy he seems like a nice guy like he he's trying to be a good dad and everything else but he like was 80 percent sure that girl was not going to come back oh yeah I, mean, I think there's there's clearly a huge difference between a good person and someone who like loves his daughter <laughs> right like those guess, you, know, yeah. you know he's this is not a good dude he's an assassin he kills people for a living you know uh, yeah but i mean and, there's rules with that you know you're you you, you, don't, you could you could probably be a good person and be an assassin i mean not the type of assassin he is because he just gets That's calls true. to shoot who knows whoever and then they cross each other all the time what we right find out everybody's later. double crossing everybody <laughs> right so like, cross. it's just yeah. it's too many it's too much oh, yeah um <laughs> Oh yeah, C- casual murder I had, which is on our bingo card also. Which the uh, the prostitute I kind of thought that was casual murder. Um, I mean, it's it. I consider it that because at first it seems like a hostage situation, and he he clearly kills her without needing to. Right, right, right. You know. 
So I can't remember the context of this. Oh, okay. So there's, I think maybe I remember this. I wrote down driving the whole way with emergency lights on. Driving the whole way with. So there was a car. I thought was this maybe the police oh. car? Oh, um, hang on. What was that? I know what you're talking about now. Yeah, it was a police car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we the guy who this this other assassin guy, right? They have a bit of a shoot off. Yeah. And supposedly he kills our old sniper guy. Yeah, he right? thinks he killed that guy. We as an audience member don't really know what happened. We saw the guy was hiding behind a mattress and the guy right. shot it like 30 times. And he was wearing a bulletproof vest and so like we don't know. Yeah, and he had already taken a shot to the chest and it, you know, the bullet just came out. So, you know, we knew that it was a possibility that we didn't see a body, he's probably alive. So he, so the other sniper is just like walking around and he's answering the phone. So he needs to go, he's going to this stripped out car to That's get right. uh, his payment out of the gearbox or whatever. And while he is doing that, these supposed cops, I guess they are cops. We do, we do learn they are actually cops. Um, they pull up in this SUV that's had its lights going for like a block. Yeah. Well, even after that. But so, yeah, when the guy gets his payment, the MacGuffin of the movie essentially is a bag, a bag of diamonds. Right. And that's what he gets paid. And he was expecting money, but it was a bag of diamonds. And so then these cops pull up to like take him in. Mm-hmm. Essentially, these crooked cops. And they put him in the back with one of the cops. And then the other cop is driving. Right. And the whole way that they're driving, they're like going down dark alleys and stuff like that. It seems like they're trying to stay away from getting attention, but their emergency lights are on the entire time. Yeah. Like they are going to like an abandoned parking lot that's specifically away from everybody else. And they still have their emergency lights on for whatever reason. Um, And yeah, the guy, that sniper guy is trying to get in the heads of these uh cops and he's like well you know whichever one of you kills the other one first and lets me go i'll give you five hundred thousand dollars and you know and he's like oh the other guy's thinking about it you better do something quick if you're gonna do like he's he's clearly manipulated people before in his life he's um, not dumb he's not yeah. a good person either no um at this point it's kind of showing that but um yeah so he's he's doing all this <laughs> To be fair, other than the the daughter on the phone, the old sniper's daughter, I don't know that there is a good person in this movie. No, that's fair. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so the guy, the the guy, cop that's sitting in the back with this sniper guy is uh, he's getting really annoyed because the guy keeps speaking Spanish to the driver, mm-hmm. and this other guy is a white guy that doesn't speak Spanish, right? Um, and so he's getting annoyed. He keeps saying, you know, speak English, speak English, whatever. And the guy doesn't. So he punches him multiple times um, and then eventually just shoots him. Yeah. More casual murder. Um, that one's less casual, but because I think in well, that one, he's just so stressed out that uh, that like they're get, this dude's getting in their heads that he just like loses it. Well, he just goes from punching in the face to murder really quick. I guess yeah. that's why I put it as casual. But gotcha. um, but either way, we had already had casual murder before that. So but yeah, uh, so then they they start fighting the guy in the front and the guy in the back because they have this guy has these diamonds and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming they both want them. Um, so there's a there, well, it, there was a potential for a really cool action scene here. 
Yes. But instead, it was really bad. Um, the guy in the front points his gun back at the guy in the back, who has the body of the dude laying across him mm-hmm. and is threatening to shoot him and threatening to shoot him, blah, 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 blah. You know, keeps threatening. And then they have like a shootout while the guy's driving. And they're, they both fired probably 20 shots at each other while the car's moving, and neither of them are hitting each other. And they're two feet away from each other. And these are supposed to be police officers. And eventually the car stops, and you know then they can get out of the car and make it a little more interesting, but it doesn't really get any more interesting. The most interesting thing, the way it ends, is that one of the guys crawls under the SUV that they're driving, and the other guy uses the legs of the dead guy. It's clever to trick the guy that's under the car. And he so the guy shoots the ankles, and then the other guy that just held the corpse out pops on the other side and pops the guy in the face, mm-hmm. and uh, that's game over. Could you imagine this scene in like a John Wick movie? I mean, it would have been way better. Yeah, there right? was a good premise there, and it was terrible. Yeah. Um. My note, my next note says she's been going through the first aid. But oh, okay, I remember. So the guy did get shot. The he, other yeah, guy, the white guy, survived. yeah, yeah, the white guy. And so he runs to his girlfriend, a presumably girlfriend, maybe wife. This person that he's with, they're together. They're together, and uh, it is the girl that we saw half naked at the beginning early, of the movie. At the beginning of the movie, that was covered. It's in covered blood. in blood. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, he shows up and, like, starts taking his shirt off. And there's, like, this huge wound. And she starts rifling through this first aid box for, like, during their conversation. Because, she, like, she's going to take care of him. And she spends this whole, like, it's it's probably a 10-minute conversation. Just <laughs> looking. It's a small first aid box, too. It's not, like, a paramedic box. It's, like, right. a small one you get at Walmart. And she's looking through this thing for probably 10 minutes. And... I don't know what she was looking for that she couldn't find. Like there's not a lot of stuff to treat a gunshot wound in those kits, but I'm sure she could have found something, but yeah, that was just a way to, to make it look like her character was doing something through this exposition scene. Um, and so, yeah, the, they hear these guys coming in. Some guys, do we know who those guys were? I don't remember. Oh no, it was the really it's bad the, woman. Yeah. So she, the, 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 the girl who is with the cop, she, I guess, had a relationship with this other woman who's like a gangster woman. Yeah. And she's and, literally credited as the very bad woman. Right. Like, so that's why it's hard to have a conversation about this because none of these characters have names. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, okay. R- Renata is the character we see at the beginning of the movie who is uh, shirtless, covered in blood. She's the girlfriend of the cop and ex of the bad woman. Okay, right. that's 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 Renita. So we have a name there, uh, but yeah. So the bad woman and her gang of people are coming after Renita and Lance, the white cop. Yeah, there we go. And so they show up, and you know he's like, "Take the diamonds and go. I'll co- I'll cover you or whatever." And uh, so she starts running. And I I do want to note that there's been several instances throughout the movie so far of people speaking Spanish and it using subtitles, and it's just normal subtitles. Mm-hmm. Well. During this conversation, she says something to him and starts running down a dark hallway. And then the subtitles turn sideways and shoot off into the darkness. Like WordPress or like the old Microsoft Word uh, 
you know, effects. You didn't notice this? I don't think mine did that. Mine definitely did that. It was super weird. It was the only subtitle <laughs> that did that the whole movie. And I have no idea why. <laughs> I don't, I definitely don't remember it doing that. Man, I watched I it on like Amazon. To, I feel like I'm going to have to get that scene and show it to you now because it's so weird. I did not understand why this happened. That's bonkers. Yeah, it was very weird. Yeah, so I just had weird subtitle effects for the note. Um, yeah, so then she, she gets away and she finds this guy that's like loading produce or unloading produce or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, she is like, she's holding him at gunpoint, essentially, and telling him that she needs to go somewhere and that he needs to take her there. And she's like weirdly flirting with him the whole time. Did you think yeah. that was her boyfriend or whatever just died, like probably died? And oh, yeah. Well, he, I mean, she heard him like screaming for his life yeah. before she, well, left she was that running building, away. Yeah. Right. Like he, at, at best, he was being tortured. Right. Um, you know, and yeah, like, so he's, he's kind of like glancing back at her, you know, and she's like changing her clothes. Right. And so, first off, like, dude, she's got you at gunpoint. You're scared enough to take her wherever you're going to be going, but you're not too scared to like trying. Like, But she also says during the scene, feel free to look, but after don't she, wreck us. But that's after she catches him looking, yeah. right? If I'm in this guy's spot, I'm thinking if I look and she doesn't want me to, she's going to blow my head off. Except that she needs you to get somewhere. I mean, only so far. Also, you... I think before this, at some point, she like caressed his face. Yeah, she was. It was very weird. It was an awkward scene. Yeah, so I had in my notes weird flirting with guy you're holding up. Yeah, definitely. Anyway, I mean, I guess high stress situations make people horny. I don't know, but she goes to this hotel where she's supposed to meet somebody named Aranya, mm-hmm. which and, we learn is Spanish for spider. Right, right, and <laughs> we also learn that if you go to IMDb. Before this movie, before you watch this movie, that the entire twist is spoiled for you. I know. So funny. I'm glad I didn't know. Anyway, um, yeah. So uh, she goes to this hotel where Nick is working, and Nick is in glasses, which is a point on the bingo card. Bing. Um, so we actually get like five different bingo slots in like the first five minutes we get with this character. <laughs> we got Nick in glasses. Yes. Nick drinks alcohol. Uh-huh. Which, there was an implied one earlier, but we didn't actually see it. Right. Nick, Nick smokes. Nick's younger love interest. Uh-huh. That's it. That's actually it right there. There's more later, but yeah, that's uh they're pretty that quick. was four. Yeah. Bang, 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 bang. <laughs> right away. In a movie called Kill Chain, it's not that surprising. That I mean, it was more just a matter of time when we're gonna get these. And there, I do want to say also that there's some of these that we're going to have to discuss on the board. That okay. We're questionable about. Okay. Maybe you have, can lend some clarity to. Well, um, so that's important. So for those of you who don't know, we play Keijo Bingo every time we watch a movie and we film us discussing our bingo. We find out if we got a, a Keijo Bingo or not. And so you can go to comingofcage.com or check out our YouTube channel to find the videos for that. And you should check this one out because this one was a contender. This I is will say that. Very interesting. I will say that. Um, yeah, so Nick, uh, Nick Younger, love interest. We already got into that because she starts flirting with him immediately. Um, and then uh, fucks him, like, right away also. Also, um, also immediately. <laughs> yeah, like, within the first five minutes of meeting. Um, yeah, but I had a note that says this dialogue is terrible. Because the way... Look, 
we've covered this that Nick gives us all in every performance. And I think he was doing the best he could with what he had. And he was, he was, I actually thought he was pretty good in this movie, even considering how bad the dialogue was, but the dialogue between him and Renata were, was terrible. Yeah. Like it just wasn't like real people talk. No, it was more like the Juno school of script writing where you just have to be clever and speak really quickly. That kind of thing. <laughs> I think that's fair. It was like they each were in on some like secret code language that the audience wasn't in on. Um, because like the scene later where Nick is like monologuing to the two guys who came in at the beginning of the movie, like it's actually, that's a really yeah, good, good yeah, scene. Yeah. I like that scene a lot. It, that scene alone like elevates the movie for me because I love that scene. But yeah, like the two Renata and him talking, like I don't. It's like two different movies essentially. How bad one is versus how good another scene is. I'm not even sure what they were saying some of the time. Like what the like what they meant. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, That's the thing is like I feel like the scriptwriters were just like this sounds clever. We're gonna have them say that. It was so weird. But then also Nick says Ola at one point, which is another Does he? The bingo card. <laughs> For uh, it speaks another language, even though he isn't fluent in it, we didn't really specify that. Uh, nowhere do we say it had to be fluent, he just has to speak it. That's true. Um, so you didn't have that one marked? No, I didn't. I didn't. Okay. I couldn't remember. I was like, I feel like he did because, like, everybody else is speaking Spanish at some point in this movie. So, like, I feel like he did, but I couldn't remember. Yeah, so he goes up and has sex with this chick, and uh, while they're doing it, uh, or after, shortly after. Um, during the cleanup phase, they, uh, the lady, this lady, this very bad woman comes in <laughs> with her protector or whatever he was, a young kid with her. Yeah, I don't uh, know. It was supposed to be intimidating, I think, but he was mostly just like really rude to a service person. Yeah, everybody's so mean in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, so Nick is upstairs uh, finishing up with the girl, but he's not at the desk. So these two come in and the dude that she that's with the very bad woman is just pressing the bell on the counter constantly. Like, ding, 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 And constantly. And Nick comes out and comes downstairs and he's still staring at Nick and ding, 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 ding. And Nick like does the signal like what? And he says, that's not going to make me move any quicker. And the guy is just like has this shit eating grin on his face that he was just an asshole um and so yeah Yeah. immediately nick drugs him and kills him Um, (laughs) jumps ahead a little bit a little bit i mean it's a good scene the girl the girl the woman is asking did this girl come in essentially and he's like yeah she's up in that room and he goes and uh unlocks the door for he knocks on the door nobody answers because she is in a different room uh, probably his room where they banged yeah, and yeah. um she, so he lets her in and he says i'm gonna leave you to look around or whatever maybe he doesn't say that but he walks out mm-hmm. and goes downstairs and asks if the kid wants a beer and and so he pour or a whiskey or something he and asks so him he if he wants a drink yeah pours him a drink and pours himself a drink and he lays the kid's thing with like 100 pills and so he dies with like foam coming out of his mouth Ugh. i thought i thought that scene was really good it's it's really interesting like the scenes that um enrico are in and the scenes that nick are in feel like they're from a different movie than the rest of the movie and yeah. maybe it's just because those two actors just elevate whatever it was that they were given in this case but i like those parts of the movie right uh so the the chick 
that he had sex with, Renata. Renata. Um, and the very bad woman run into <laughs> each other. And there's a fight. And the chick, like, Nick comes up there and tries to help, but he, he doesn't want to kill this woman. And then the other chick steps in and stabs the shit out of her like a hundred times. Well, and then later he's like, well, I, I assumed you had a gun in your purse. Right. And she's like, well, I did, but I got to the knife first. Right. And uh, oh, that so made she, me laugh. Now, now we see her covered in blood. That's and so we funny. feel like we're getting close to the beginning of the movie. <laughs> Even though we're in the middle of the movie. Um, and so, yeah, Nick sees that blue car pull up. And the two totally non-suspicious guys get out. And so now we've connected. Now the- we've connected to the beginning of the movie. Yeah, we see her walk out and take her shirt off to where she's just in a bra, a bra and like skirt and bloody, you know, skin. Um, <laughs> that's a weird way of saying. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, that, that was a weird way of saying it. Whatever, it happens. You got the point. Um, so at this point, these guys, we, we're back to the beginning where they started asking about the story. And so Nick starts talking about the story, and he 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 knows these guys are some sort of intelligence team or something they're, they're assassins essentially of some kind mm-hmm. um and this and, story... and they're they're i just want to point out what they're credited as by the way in this movie so you have alimi ballard who i thought he did actually a pretty good job in this i've seen him in a couple of other things he's the curious assassin yeah i've seen him in <laughs> other things too and he's pretty much always good i've never really had an issue with him so and then there's Pedro Calvo, who I, I don't think I know. There's no picture of him on IMDb. He is the mean assassin. Right. And one of them is a jerk, the one that didn't want to hear the story. And then the other one <laughs> is the one that does the curious one that wants to listen to the story. So at this point, through a bunch of, uh, you know, lore dump, essentially a big lore dump, we find out that Nick Cage was what these guys are at one point. Mm-hmm um and so this is where things start to get sticky we can discuss it on the bingo right card if you want when we do that or we can discuss it now but there's there's a there's two boxes that could potentially be checked okay whether he's former criminal or former military because it's not he was a mercenary Uh, that's that's as best as we hear we don't know that he was employed by a government um and so i think you know that would technically be a criminal Mm -hmm. a mercenary oh no i I, I think it's pretty black and white that he's he he's a criminal. Okay. Because it sounded that's... like he was running ops for the government. No, like he, his, like, he might dumb. have at some point. Like that part's unclear. So I think like whether he's a government or military employee at some point like that, I think you're right. That's unclear. But he was an assassin and okay. they did terrible bad things. Right. Right. Okay. So like he's definitely so I mark a criminal. that box now. Fair yeah. enough. Okay. So yeah, we find out that um that they were on him and Franco, who this hotel is named after, that Nick has given ah, several stories. No, Franco is named after the hotel. Because oh, there's, yeah. there's a great little line about how he bought the hotel and changed his name because it was cheaper. Right. I forgot <laughs> about that. Yeah. Anyway, Franco, um, he, he was a the, his partner in this game, essentially, this mercenary game. And uh, they were doing a job, and they were supposed to like secure this cargo. And the secure the cargo was a bunch of young girls, and uh, they couldn't do it. They couldn't like take these young girls to do whatever they were going to do with them. And so they essentially like let these young girls go. Um, mm-hmm. Three of them, I think it was, got captured. 
uh, or four of them maybe I don't know and then one of them went with Franco as like an adopted daughter kind of situation and to get out of the game he opened this hotel or he bought this hotel whatever and uh, him and Nick kind of worked it together and or they were friends I don't really know what he was doing in the meantime but that he was at the hotel a lot because they didn't want to pay for another set, so they just showed him playing poker in the hotel all the time or whatever. Yeah. Um. So we in this Lord Dump, we find out that uh, the guy, the the sniper guy that was f- shooting at the old sniper that got captured by the cops, um, he was the one that killed, or he killed like the four daughters or four girls. Yeah. from this he burned them alive essentially and uh the oldest the old sniper was there and just couldn't do it so the other guy did it that to, just to kind of show how bad of a guy he is apparently mm-hmm. um and that's sanchez he, yeah he's the one who we see you know killed with the two cops right yeah yeah so that kind of connects the, those guys and it's like they're trying stage. to tear these people right so like sanchez is like the worst of the worst Right, but Nick and the old sniper—they're—they're they're not so bad. These guys—they're less—they're less bad. Yeah, it's—it's—it's <laughs> it's, it's, who's then there's no one on the good spectrum. It's like all like bad and lower. Yeah, I know? mean, I was thinking it through as we were talking. Like, there's really there's there are there are three good people in this movie: the two prostitutes and the daughter. And technically, you could say that the prostitutes are not necessarily. I mean, they're doing an illegal activity. I mean, so. I, I know it's Colombia. Is it illegal in Colombia? I don't know. That's true. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to judge them. There's a lot of prostitutes that are probably great people. Sex workers treat them, you know, treat them well. They're just people. Anyway. Um, uh, yeah. So we find out here that uh, Franco's daughter got murdered. And it was the cops that killed the sniper guy mm-hmm. that murdered his daughter. Uh and so then we get there's I feel like I, there was a lot of lore dumping. It, this was a this was the scene that Derek was talking about earlier that he really liked. Um, and I really liked the Nick parts as well. But there was a lot of like cutting to other people at, where where you don't really see Nick telling the story. You just see the story from somebody's perspective. Um, and so there's a lot of stuff and I probably missed some stuff. Um but I have Nick shoots a gun as my next note because well, all the way up to this point, he hadn't shot a gun. Right. So basically, you know, they're, they're having this back and forth. Right. And the curious assassins like, so you, you want to die. Right. Cause the idea here is that Nick basically let them catch up with him cause he stood still too long. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, of course we find out that no, he doesn't actually want to die. He he's luring everybody here so he can kill everybody who's after him. Oh, and he does say he does say something about how uh, there's money up in the safe and the keys over here and blah blah blah. And he's like, I don't care about the money. And he's like, Well, I know you don't, but the person I've really been talking to this whole time does, does. care about that. Yeah, and that sets off. She starts shooting from the rafters or like That's the upper Renata. level. Yeah, yeah, Renata, and so then that's when the gunfight starts, and Nick starts shooting. Um, it wasn't bad enough that I would say bad action scene. None of the none of them were bad enough for that. Uh, I wasn't sure if the I, I was going to get to this when we talked about the bingo card, but I wasn't sure if the car scene was was bad. It wasn't. I it wasn't bad in the sense that like I don't know when I it wasn't bad. It was mediocre. Like it right. was. 
it, it could have been there's a lot of potential there the wasted potential is sad but it wasn't what i would consider a bad action sequence but it wasn't okay. a good one i agree with you but the way you had talked about it i wasn't sure so yeah i i didn't put it i didn't mark that box on this movie but um he does at one point though bash a guy in the face with a gun he does does that count as a melee weapon then in my opinion, it does. Okay, well then if, let me mark that box. If you hit a person with something other than a part of your body, right? You know, I consider that to be a melee weapon. But it is technically you're hitting them in the face with a ranged weapon. But you're using it in a melee That's mode. It's true. I'm just being rude. I'm just I'm just starting an argument for the sake of argument. Um, now it's not like that's not like he threw a bat at somebody. Then we'd have a real question because then he would have a projectile that was a melee true. weapon. That's true. So uh, Renata is like helping him during this fight, and the uh, the mean assassin is <laughs> is like the one going after her, and uh, she has a baseball bat or something. She has some weapon, melee weapon, and he has. Run, or they were both run out of bullets, I think, at the and exact same time. Convenient, and then yeah. he pulls out a gun that he had taken from Nick earlier. Yeah, and uh, he goes to shoot her with that, and the gun backfires into his eye. That's pretty gross. It was gnarly, <laughs> was um, gross. and I, it was a cool idea. Like, yeah. but the fact, how would Nick have planned that? Like, that seems so. Well, I mean, he said he says it later in the movie that like you know in, back in my day we were trained to not use a strange weapon, you know, yeah. without checking it. So like my thought process well, then why is why doesn't he? Why does he think that they're not trained to do that? Then why wouldn't he think that the training was the same? I think he was just gonna roll the dice with it and basically disable the gun. So either way, it can't be used against him. But then he can't use it either. But I think he knew, like, he saw these guys come in. He knows more or less who they are. He might not know them personally, but he knows what they are. And so he's going down there. He knows they're going to check him for a weapon. He doesn't want it used against him. He thinks maybe it'd be suspicious if he didn't have one on him because they're going to check him for it, right? So this way it's a win-win. Either it's tampered with and they know that, so it's not used against him, or what happens, happens. Essentially, it's set up that this guy is basically Batman, and if you give him prep time, then... <laughs> He can defeat Thanos by himself. I mean, Nicolas Cage? Um, yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so after these two assassins are killed, they win. Big surprise. Renata and and, uh, and uh, Nick Cage win. No, hang on. Don't say big surprise. We, we have on our bingo card, Nick dies That's at the end. There's a reason. <laughs> but I think that she would have won either way. Like, she's yeah. the, clearly the protagonist. Right. Um. So yeah, he goes or she figures out. Oh, you're the Aranya, aren't you? Yep. The big surprise. Which, if you go to IMDb, Nick Cage is credited as Aranya. So big spoiler there. But uh, yeah, he goes up into this other room that he has avoided going into throughout the movie. There's a couple mm -hmm. times where he's like paused outside this door, but he goes in there, and on the ground is the old the old sniper. It's kind of like an original right. saw moment there. Yeah. You know? Just kind of leaned up against the wall, bleeding out. And uh, this is the point where we find out that that guy watched the girl, the little girls burn. Mm -hmm. um, so it's kind of a, more, more uh, fuel to the fire as it were for uh, him being a bad guy. Well, Cause um, he makes, he makes some comment earlier on about like the guy on the phones, like, you know, you, you need, you need to get laid or whatever. And yeah, he, he says not since my daughter was 14 
or something. Yeah. And, and I was like, that's a weird, that's a weird line. That doesn't, yeah. and by the end of the movie, you're like, oh, cause he feels extremely guilty that he was part of killing all of these kids. So like, okay. Yeah, the kids that were uh, presumably going to be sex trafficked or something like that, you know, they were young girls. So who knows what they were going to be drug mules. I mean, not a good life in any case. No. Um, but yeah, the sad dad, uh, that's why I had him in here as sad dad. Um, he asks Nick Cage to call his daughter and tell her to run because his employer is going to be coming after her or something. Or he basically asks Nick Cage to take care of his daughter. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, Nick kills the guy, puts him out of his misery. And that's like the end of the movie. He walks out of the hotel into a car. And, and and call and he's calling and, yeah. yeah he picks up here he has a phone dialing yeah so clearly like setting up a sequel that we'll never see yeah it was it was setting up like that he's gonna go i assume, presume that he was gonna go like try and save the daughter mm-hmm. of this guy i don't know but yeah th- this might be our shortest podcast ever because uh that's the movie that's the whole movie it was like i said two sets and apart from like one big lore dump scene it was I don't know. It was, it was fine. There's, it's got its moments. I, I, I like all the stuff with the old sniper. I like, you know, the st- most of the stuff with, with Nick, uh, especially that, that kind of monologue scene I was talking about, but I also like the, the beginning scene with him too. And the way he interacts with those guys and, and all that, I like all of that stuff. Um, it looks pretty good. You know, like you know, like you're well, saying it came like, out in 2019, so it's a pretty modern movie. Well, no, I, yeah, I just mean that, like, you know, the sets look good, and you know, it, the the kind of gunplay sequences looked fine. None of it looked like bad. You know, um, it was just kind of a odd story with a lot of very unlikable characters that are loosely connected to each other. It's still very unclear how Nick knew this was all going to happen. Yeah. Um, supposedly he got like word out that he was going to give uh renata like a new identity so she could escape and all this other stuff but like obviously that turns out to not be true so he just like lied to get her to bring the bad woman um i don't know the, the names of these characters make it just kind of silly to have a conversation about it right but i mean yeah and there's you know there's just not a lot going on here yeah not a lot to talk about so at this point of the podcast is where we would where we would normally rate and uh, rate the movie for caginess, which is like, you know, the cage rage or whatever you want to call it. uh, The amount of like over the top performance um, from Nick Cage and then also overall quality. So uh, where are you at on overall quality? Um, I mean, overall quality, like it's certainly not bad. And I would rather watch this over like a lot of the ones that we saw, like Rage, for example. Yeah, um, or Next or, you know, it's a little higher than his average movie, I would say. Yeah, I mean, so part of me wanted to put it at like a nine or ten. Well, ten Just, would be, I would think, average. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Did, did I give anything a 10? I'm just looking real quick. I don't think maybe I've ever given anything a 10. Oh, I did. City of Angels and 8mm were both a 10. And The Frozen Ground. So, yeah, I'm going to give it a 10. Yeah, I was going to say, this is right in line with those for me, too. So, two 10s? Yeah. Okay. So, for, for caginess, I mean, there's a couple of moments. 
where he gets a, a little cagey in a couple of scenes, but again, like he's not in mo a lot of the movie number one. So I, I mean, I, I, I think I'd give it like a three. Cause I think it's a little, it's more than frozen ground. I was actually thinking a three also. Okay. So I think we're that. dead on on this one. Okay. So three on caginess, 10 on quality. Um, so that puts it, you know, middle of the road uh, kind of movie there. So that's that. And then we have to figure out what movie is going to join our wheel. O cage. We spin our wheel. O cage to determine what movies we talk about. And we have to add a movie to that wheel. And so we'll be adding grand Isle, which I know nothing about. So that's going to join the wheel. And so to find out which Nicholas cage movie, we're going to talk about next time on the show, be sure to go to comingofcage.com and check out our Wheel of Cage spin. We're going to talk Cajo Bingo. Uh, you can catch you know lots of our stuff there. We're on YouTube. If you want to see us talk about this stuff, you can go to the Dorico Studios channel on YouTube and subscribe to us there. And uh, Ryan, anything else on Kill Chain? I hope I don't have to watch this movie again. A third time? Yeah. I mean, I, I rather would have rewatched this one than Racing with the Moon, which is the one I oh, accidentally yeah, watched once and had to rewatch. So. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've almost done that twice. There's been a couple occasions where you, I saved you the second time. Yeah. From watching the wrong movie. So it's, it's tough, man, because I'll remember the movie we added to the wheel and I'll think that's the one to watch, not the one that the wheel picked. And, yeah, no. See, I've started adding the name of the movie to my journal. Like at the top of the page on my journal where I take my notes, I write the name of the movie. And so, yeah, whenever we spin the wheel and pick the movie, I just write that in the book. And then that way I know I don't have to go and bug you, you know, two <laughs> two weeks later going, oh, what movie am I supposed to watch again? That's smart. That's smart. Yeah. I need to get better at it. You need a whiteboard by your computer so you just write it up there or something. <sighs> yeah, yeah exactly. I'd like that. Right, right here would be. Yeah, yeah, perfect. All right. Well, I think that's going to be it for us this week. We are the Coming of Cage podcast, comingofcage.com, at Coming of Cage, whatever, podcast app of choice stuff. I'm Derek. That's Ryan. Indeed it is. We'll catch you next time. Kill Chain. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Thank you for listening to the Coming of Cage podcast, a Dorico Studios production. We're hosted by Ryan Kucher and me, Derek Mayer. You can find all our links at ComingofCage.com and subscribe to our show on your podcast app of choice. Want to see us? Subscribe to the Jerico Studios YouTube channel for video versions of the show. Keep on Cajun on. That was just a horrible nightmare of noises you just made. <laughs> I, I feel like you did that just to be I an did, asshole. I did. I forget how sensitive you are to that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry.